The OHSU Foundation raised $172 million this past fiscal year, which ended on June 30th. It was the largest fundraising year outside of the Night Cancer Challenge. And the Oregon Legislature wrapped up its 78th legislative session this month. It's Monday, July 24th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Rebecca Amon is interim president of the OHSU Foundation. I spoke with her from the foundation's offices in downtown Portland. The OHSU Foundation is a 501c3, and we are the nonprofit arm that receives donations to OHSU to support research, education, and patient care. So OHSU's uh, fiscal year just ended on June 30th. What was the goal this past year and uh, how much money was actually raised? Our goal was $165 million, And through the great effort and partnership with our faculty and our development team, we surpassed the goal and raised $172 million. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Was that a record year for the foundation? During the Night Cancer Challenge, we did have years that exceeded 200 million, but this was the largest fundraising year outside of the Night Challenge. Was there a particular project that helped uh, drive so many donations this year? Well, as many of uh, folks know, we just completed the fundraising campaign for the guest house, the Rood Family Pavilion. That was $32 million. Uh, the most significant area of donations really is grateful patients, people who have received outstanding care um, or have received a negative diagnosis and are interested in investing in research. So it's really those collaborative efforts with our faculty partners uh, that help us raise the most money. I always find it fascinating to hear some of those stories of why people are giving. Uh, Are there any stories from this past year that kind of stand out to you? You know, the ones that speak most to me are sometimes the smaller gifts in amount, but large heart gifts. So for example, a little boy um, who lived in a rural area of Oregon saw one of our ads for the guest house, and he went door to door in his neighborhood and collected money uh, to raise money for the guest house and came to the foundation to deliver the money. And so when you get to meet people on the ground doing that grassroots fundraising, it's really inspiring. Of course, we've had leadership gifts as well, um, and those are as e- equally as important and um, also inspiring. So when you talk about raising this much money in 2017, um, I kind of want to get to, uh, you know, where's the money go and how's that kind of cash flow? Because I think people have this assumption that, uh, you know, we raise as much money, it must be sitting in the bank somewhere. Is all that money already received or, you know, are these pledges? How's that work? I do think there's a misconception that the foundation is sort of works like an ATM and you come and say, I'm going to put my card in, you may have some cash. Uh, our gifts are a variety of ways, and especially the largest gifts come in, uh, some in cash, some in pledge payments over a period of time, and then some people make bequest commitments. So about 10% of our fundraising dollars are people who are making a commitment to us for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really a mixed group of people. Many people make stock gifts as well. So it isn't all cash, um, but it's all significant. Mm -hmm. Uh, So where does this put us in terms of the Onward campaign? Well, our goal is to finish to raise $2 billion by December 2020, and we're at $1.53 billion. So we are on track, and I'm very excited about that. 
And really, I want to thank everyone who's listening, because it takes all of us and everyone at OHSU really uh, helps us spread the message. And just in the great work that each person does every day, it makes a difference and people want to contribute. So what's the goal for next year? 175 million. Wow. Okay. So just keep raising the bar for yourself. Well, I hope you're going to write me a check when you leave. (laughs) I might have to sneak out the back there. Uh, So what are some of the key projects you're looking to fund this next year? Well, some of our focus areas, as many people know, I mean, neuroscience, we've just made some great recruitments there. There's a great team of people in the neuroscience area. We have the Casey building that we are working on. Um, Of course, cancer and pediatrics tend to be key areas for us, infectious disease. But as we look at the next year, Part of our goal is to have a deeper alignment with our faculty, because our goal is to serve faculty in the best way. And so a large part of what's left in the campaign is really emerging opportunities. So what are the visionary pieces out there that will inspire donors to give? There are so many academic priorities, um, and that's different than a philanthropic opportunity. So the opportunity is where does a faculty member's work the research, inspire someone is so visionary that there is a donor who wants to meet that need. Mm-hmm. So, so how are those priorities decided? We are, uh, the foundation's deeply involved with the leadership. So we work with President Robertson. We'll work with Dean Anderson and the Provost Andreasen, um, Andreessen uh, to uh, ensure that we're in alignment with them. So there are many people within a school who have lots of different uh, things that they're interested in, but it's really what is the whole piece? What is the thread? So for example, imaging is something that goes through every disease area, and sometimes that kind of gift will make a difference for the whole. Mm-hmm. So we'll work with leadership to figure out what, where, what are the areas where faculty are passionate about it, are doing inspired research, where a donor might be able or interested in contributing. I think that piece is really interesting. You were talking about kind of the overlap between the donor desire to support something and the the need. Um, you know, what are kind of some of the what do you look for when you're when you're assessing whether you think there will be donor interest in contributing to something? Vision is very important, and again, impact. So there's so much great research happening, but how does that translate to the patient experience? How does it impact human health? Um, how will the world be made different because of this work? Um, can you inspire me? You know, will the world change and will you inspire me to give? And that's different for different people. Uh, mm-hmm. There are all sorts of donors out there and, and that's why we uh, work to know as much as we can about what's happening at OHSU and make sure that we can make good matches. Well, and I think that, um, you know, since not everything may be a, you know, philanthropic opportunity, uh, those ones that are, you know, preserve other resources that come from other sources to be, you know, be made available to support other things. So I think, I think that part's kind of important. Well, I think I helped raise money for non-cancer during the night cancer challenge. And we raised more money for non-cancer during those than the challenge than we ever had before. And I do think that the rising tide lifts all boats. And so if one of us succeeds grandly with a big vision, it will help all of us. And it does relieve 
pressure in one area that will help other areas. Well, Rebecca, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Abby Tibbs is Associate Vice President for Government Relations. Abby, thank you for joining me again. I've had you on a couple times already, and uh, I think you're our number one guest here. Um, the last couple times you were, I talked to you, we talked about the federal budget situations, and not that there isn't plenty to talk about there, but uh, I think today we really wanted to focus on the state budget. Sure. So um, thanks for having me on. So the Oregon legislature just wrapped up its 78th um, legislative session on July 7th. It was the long session, about six months. And heading into session, the legislature faced about a $1.4 billion um, budget hole. Can you put that in context? How big is the kind of overall budget, roughly? Sure. So um, approximately about $20 billion in general sort of lottery funds. So, um, you know, not an insurmountable um uh, budget hole, but um, but one for which created some consternation going into session. They really felt like they were going to have to make either significant cuts in healthcare, education, social services programs, public safety, or um, figure out a path to raise revenue. So that was really the context heading into session. Um, many legislators really wanted to try to tackle Oregon's corporate tax system, um, and also there was much conversation about trying to um, pass it uh, transportation funding package. At the end of the day, they um, there was much work um, done on the corporate tax um, conversation, but nothing um, was uh, made it over the finish line. They were able to pass a $5.3 billion transportation funding package. Many people lauded that as a huge bipartisan um, accomplishment this session, one for which they had uh, worked over several sessions to try to accomplish. Um, and there were also um, some other efforts, um, a few other taxes that passed as well, um, most notably in the um, to fund the Medicaid program, which I'm happy to talk a little bit more about as well. So were they able to fill the budget hold? Was that through raising taxes or through cutting programs? Yeah, so of the $1.4 billion budget hole, approximately $900 million of that was from the Medicaid um, uh, program. Um, and so there were there was real, a very robust conversation throughout session about how to go about um, funding the Medicaid program. And OHSU entered into that conversation um, with the underlying sort of premise that we didn't want to see cuts in eligibility or benefits to that program. Um, the Medicaid population is one for which we uh, care deeply about and um, provide services to. And so we worked um, with the state to come up with an innovative um, funding solution to try to fund part of um, that program. Um, we will be implementing um, what is considered uh, called an IGT, an intergovernmental um, transfer program that is new to, um, to OHSU and the state that will leverage some additional federal dollars to fund the state Medicaid program without the need for more state general fund dollars. It will help maintain current um, kind of reimbursement principles and support for OHSU's public missions, and it will maintain OHSU's financial relationship with the state and um, make it a little more simpler and more transparent. So it's a win-win, and we're working diligently with the state and with CMS to try to implement this program. Um, so that helps fund, bring some additional money to help fund that. Um, they, the state also increased the provider tax, the hospital provider tax um, on the hospitals, uh, making that a true tax. Um, OHSU will not be participating in that because of the intergovernmental transfer program. What's that mean, true tax? 
Um, it's a tax for which the hospitals will not have any money returned to them for for so it'll go the the money that is raised from that um, tax will go to fund the Medicaid program. So so in the past the there was a tax, but essentially the money kind of came back to the hospitals. Yeah, and there will be part of a. Ta- it's complicated. There will be a program that that is currently in place, and part of the money will be returned to the hospitals, and then on top of that, well, there will be a new program that will be a true tax, and that money will go to fund the Medicaid program. The state also, the legislature also enacted a, um, a premium insurance premium tax um, that will help fund the program and also create uh, a reinsurance program to help stabilize, stabilize the individual insurance market. Um, and the combination of, uh, of those, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, funding mechanisms helped close the gap so that we were able to fully fund uh, the legislature is able to fully fund the Medicaid program, which is um, certainly a goal of OHSU's heading into the legislative session. Um, with that and um, some small, some modest cuts, um, they were able to um, largely close the $1.4 billion budget hole um, that they faced heading into session. So what were kind of our priorities heading into session? Yeah, so for OHSU, I mean, um, heading into session, we actually um, do um, an RFP process where we uh, solicit input from faculty and staff uh, across campus to help develop our legislative agenda. Um, It's a really interesting process. We get ideas from folks um, about how they think state government can help support their work. Um, And from that, we develop our legislative agenda. Uh, given the budget constraints this um, session, we um, the sort of basis of our legislative agenda was really securing our state appropriation, and that appropriation helps uh, fund our schools and also Office of Rural Health, the Poison Center, the, the CDRC, um, and um, a few other specific programs. Um, so that was really important to, to us to maintain that existing funding for our state appropriation. Um, we also, um, a huge priority for us was obviously the Medicaid funding package to ensure that Medicaid was adequately funded. Um, on the policy agenda, um, we were a leader in raising the um, uh, smoking age to 21. Um, OHSU uh, believed that that was an important part of um, combating um, uh, c- uh, cancer in the long run. And Dr. Drucker was a, a lead proponent of that and spent uh, many hours in Salem testifying on tobacco cessation and prevention science. And um, we worked in coalition to help pass that bill. I believe we will be the third state in the country. Um, and that is an important piece of um, public health uh, policy that we're very proud of. Um, we, so, so when does that go into effect? Um, I believe that that one will go into effect January 1st, uh, 2018. Um, some other, I just will mention a few other um, key pieces of legislation that OHSU and our faculty and staff were leads on. We um, helped move forward legislation requiring rear-facing car seats for kiddos that are up to age two. That is where the American Academy of Pediatrics um, recommendation um, has landed. So before you had to be in a car seat, it just wasn't a requirement that it be rear-facing. Yes, correct? yeah. So they're le- five times less likely to be okay. um, 
yes, to be injured in a car crash when it's rear facing. So that was exciting. Um, and we've got quite a bit of media attention and uh, Dr. Hoffman was uh, very active and spent a lot of time in Salem working on that piece of legislation. Um, and then we uh, had some uh, kind of technical fix legislation for the School of Dentistry and a few other pieces of uh, kind of public health legislation as well. So um, for OHSU, our faculty and staff also engaged in um, many other pieces of legislation helping kind of inform the science and the policy behind um, uh, the public policy process, um, both in their capacity as uh, clinicians and in their academic capacity on behalf of OHSU and in their um, for their professional um, uh, associations and the government relations helps assist with that and that's a great opportunity and um, helps raise the profile of our faculty and staff and for OHSU. Um, we, our legislative advisory committee is a group of faculty and staff across campus who um, help provide expert and timely feedback to government relations staff on pieces of legislation that potentially impact OHSU and they provided feedback on about 1500 pieces of legislation this session and it's really important for us because it allows us to be able to fully understand the impacts of legislation on OHSU and do our job advocating on behalf of the institution in Salem. So I want to give a shout out to those faculty and staff across campus who spend tireless hours on top of their regular day jobs helping the government relations staff during the session. So when's the next session? Uh, then the, there'll be a short 35-day session starts in February of 2018, um, and it'll there'll be limited bills introduced in that session, um, and then uh, so we'll be back at it shortly. Do you get to take a break before before um, that happens? Well, I should give credit. Um, Julie Hanna and Joyce Brake are two lead government relations staff um, people uh, who are on the ground day-to-day um, -day in Salem managing OHSU's legislative portfolio in Salem, and they do an amazing job on behalf of the institution. Um, and yes, they should take a very significant break, um, and we will be doing quite a bit of work in the interim um, to prepare not only for kind of the February session, where we you often don't have much of a legislative agenda in the short session because it's very sh it's short, um, but we will be preparing um, for the next long session to be doing a lot of interim policy work, getting ready for the next long session. Well, thank you again for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Kelsey Hewell and myself. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.